Proverbs chapter 3, two very familiar verses. If you've been in church any length of time, you know, and you've probably heard these two verses. It says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse number 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Let's pray tonight. Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be here tonight. I know tonight, uh, Father, the, the young people are, are a little bit tired tonight. It's been a little bit of a, a long week, and we've got Thanksgiving coming up and a lot of plans for those vacation days. And yet, Father, tonight we want to really focus our minds on your word and uh, help us to do that. Help us, give us energy tonight, give us uh, some alertness by the, the, the power of your spirit. I pray that we would uh, be ready to hear, that our hearts would be ready to receive the truth of your word tonight. And so I pray that you would speak to us through your word. I pray that this lesson would be something that would be an, a help uh, to us tonight, but also a challenge uh, that we might be able to truly trust in you, as that verse says. And uh, Father, I pray that you would just give me the words tonight as we as we go through your word, as I teach tonight. Fill me with your spirit, I pray. And I ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So we went through the tools that we had uh, and that we need for discovering God's destiny for us, for our life. And uh, we talked about having a sober mind, and the last thing that we talked about uh, was having faith. We said we have to have courage, you have to have wisdom, but the, the last tool that we looked at was a life of faith and how important faith is in our life. Well, this evening we're going to start, not only now that we have the tools, now we have to really start looking at decision making. How do you use these tools for making the decisions in your life that are coming to your life, right? It's, it's kind of like if I give you some nails and some hammers and some two-by-fours. Now, you've got the tools, you've got the material, but what are you going to build? How do you decide what to build with all the tools and all the materials? Well, that's what tonight is all about. We're, we're going to look at the step one for right decision-making. Now, uh, as we jump into this lesson tonight, I wanted to just share a little bit of a story uh, that happened, uh, I guess, a, a few months ago now. Uh, but I, I remember one time I was helping Elijah and Jordan get ready. And uh, as, as they were getting ready, I, I trying to help them become a little bit more independent. And I don't, don't want to have to always uh, put all their, their clothes on. So I was teaching them how to just kind of put their pull-ups on, right? And, and Jordan, I, I said, here, Jordan, here's your pull-up. Go ahead and Put it on, you know, and, and get your shirt on, get and try to get as, as far as you can, and whatever you can't do, I'll help you. Well, I, I went out of the room, went to the loft, and then I, I came back into the room a few minutes later, and Jordan had his pull-up on, but it was backwards. He, he had put it on the right way. I mean, at least he, like, one leg was in each, you know, hole in the uh, pull-up there, but, um, but he had it on backwards, and uh, I, I share that with you because... What we're going to talk about tonight on this step for making right decisions, it, it has a lot to do with how we go about it. Uh, you, you, you might uh, have some ideas on uh, what your future is, and you have these, these tools, and you've made decisions over the last few weeks of saying, God, I want wisdom. God, I want faith. God, I want a courageous spirit. I want a sober mind. And, and you've been saying, this is what I want and what I need, but now how do I kind of put it into practice? 
And that's why the title of this lesson is Only Weird People Wear Their Pants Backwards. Right? There, there's something about wearing pants backwards. It's just odd. It's weird. I know we live in a day and age where people want to make fashion statements, right? Uh, you, you get on Twitter and you get on uh, Instagram and, and you can find some people that are trying to make their fashion statement. I remember when I was growing up, it's, this isn't something new, by the way. It's not new because of uh, Twitter, Instagram. But I remember in the 90s, there was uh, a hip-hop group called um, uh, Criss Cross. And uh, some of the older people in the back would remember Criss Cross. Criss Cross, they were known for their wardrobe, and they would wear their pants backwards on purpose, right? Uh, and that was like how they did their concerts, and they were, they, they were called Criss Cross. That was their, their big thing. You can Google it at some time if you want and uh, see this group. And that was like their fashion statement. But, you know, it never really caught on. Like most people just kind of look at that and go, okay, that's still weird. I mean, I, it doesn't matter how cool your music is, it's still weird because only weird people wear their pants backwards. So when it comes to right decision-making in your life, you have the tools, but you could use them the wrong way. You can still miss God's destiny for you if you don't use properly and don't take the proper steps in making the right decisions in your life. And so uh, what we're going to look at this, ev this evening is, what is that step one? Well, in your notes, I want you to notice, first of all, the problem with self-trust. The problem with self-trust. You see, there's a lot of teenagers tonight that are very much like Jordan. They're doing things backwards. Now, in their mind, you know, if, if, if you would have asked Jordan, Jordan, did you already put your pull-up on? He would say, yeah, I already got it on, Dad. But he didn't realize that he had it on backwards. In his mind, he had done it just like the way I do it when I put the pull-up on him. But it wasn't the right way. And so sometimes, listen, as teenagers, we start thinking, man, I'm, I'm doing these things. I've got these things in my life. But what you don't understand is that you're trusting yourself and, and you're really doing it backwards. Sometimes we get to a point in our life where we're finally 17, 18 You've got a little bit of independence. Maybe you get your license or, or maybe now your parents trust you a little bit more to go out or stay out later. And you start thinking in your mind, I've arrived. Like, I know it. I, I, I've kind of, I've grown up and, uh, and finally I know it all. But what we don't realize many times, young people, is that we still have a lot to learn. In fact, you don't know as much as you think you know. And this is just a fact of life that as time goes by, you begin to understand. In fact, we kind of understand it already in the short time that you've had maybe from growing from being 13 years old and coming into youth. And those of you that are seniors and you're already 18 years old and you've been here for four years. And, and if you look back, sometimes we look at the seventh graders who are coming in and we go, I was never like that. You know, I, I, I was much cooler than that. But you know, if you... If you really are honest with yourself, you can look back and go, yeah, actually, I, I probably was like that. We all were like that. It's just that after four years, after five years, you can turn around and you can see, you know what? In the last five years, I've learned a lot. I think differently. That's why as a senior, you usually can tell a seventh grader, hey, man, I wouldn't do that if I were you. And the reason is, is you say, I've already been through middle school, and let me tell you, it's not, that's not that cool. Like, don't do that. If you start going that way, I'm telling you, it, it, you're, you're going to regret it. And the only reason that you can say that is because you've been through middle school and you've been through most of high school, and, and you can share what you've learned in those years with them. 
But sometimes you run into a seventh grader that's like, I don't talk to you, man. I'm cool. You don't know. And sometimes you just kind of want to tell them, look, I, I know you think you're really cool because, like, you know, you're in seventh grade and you play basketball. But let me tell you something. I'm five years older than you, and I'm telling you, you're not as cool as you think. You don't know as much as you think you know. And you know, in the Christian life, when it comes to decision-making, we all have to get to that point in our life. So I want you to notice there in your notes, first of all, you don't want to trust yourself because we cannot see what God sees. The purpose for faith is believing that God can do what he's going to do because God sees things that we don't see. And it's so important for us to understand and believe this because if not, we're going to start looking at situations and thinking we know better than everybody else. I know better than even God himself. But you, what you and I don't, don't understand sometimes in life is that we cannot see what God sees. Not only can we not see what God sees, we do not know what the future holds. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen five years from now. You don't know where you're going to be five years from now. You don't know the experiences that you're going to have. You're not going to, you don't know what you're going to go through. So we can't see what God sees. We don't know what the future holds. Number three in your notes, we're prone to be wrong many times. We're prone to do things wrong. Now, in our mind and the way we look at it, it's hard to convince us. It's hard to convince somebody that thinks they're right that they're wrong. Right? They're, they're like, no, you, you just don't understand. And, and most of the time when we're talking with our parents and they're trying to correct us, most of the time our comeback to them is, it's because y'all don't understand. You don't remember what it was like being 15. Or when you were 15, uh, mom and dad, you didn't have the friends like me. You didn't have school like me. You didn't have what I have. And so you can't compare your life to mine. And so our comeback is to say, you just don't see it the way I see it. You see it wrong, mom. You see it wrong, dad. Or you look at your pastor or your youth pastor and you look at me and you go, it's because you don't understand. You didn't have that experience that I have. And what we don't realize many times, young people, is that we're prone to be wrong. That is our tendency, in fact, is to do things wrong, to do life backwards. I want you to notice, lastly, in your notes, that trusting self directly defies God. This self-confidence and this idea of I'm just going to trust what I see, what I can understand, what I can, what I can do, and I have all this confidence in myself, what we don't realize is that that defies what God has said. Going back to Proverbs chapter 3, it says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on thine own understanding. He's saying you, you got to refuse this self-trust that you have. And then how do we do that? Well, there in your notes, refusing to trust yourself. Refusing to trust yourself is so important. Refusing to trust yourself. It's important for us to understand this evening if we're going to if we're going to refuse to trust ourselves, we got to figure out how we do that. How is it that we refuse to trust ourselves? Sorry, I went back on my notes here by accident. So, refusing to trust yourself in your notes. Number 1, people who make right decisions do not 
trust themselves. This is so important for you and I to understand. You look at anybody that's successful, okay, in the Christian life and in life in general, and you'll find that many of them and most of them, if not all of them, in the Christian life for sure, all of them, refuse to trust themselves when it comes to making right decisions. The Bible says in Proverbs, in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. In other words, before I just go and make decisions all on my own, it's important for me to find out what do others think. What are those people that are godly, those people that I know are close to God, those people that know God, what do they think about the decision that I'm about to make? Why? Because you've got to refuse to trust yourself. One of the ways that you do that is by not just trusting yourself with every decision, but get around people that can help you with that decision. Listen, down your notes, people who make right decisions recognize their own weaknesses. They, they recognize their own weaknesses. Now, it's important for you to understand, what are my weaknesses? Growing up, I, I did play some sports, and uh, I, I remember one of the weaknesses that I had uh, growing up playing basketball was my left hand, and that's usually natural if you're a right-handed person and you're, you're right-hand dominant. Um, and your left hand, of course, is, is a lot less. And so if you're going to develop as a basketball player, you have to learn to use your left hand. And so I remember we, we, we always had drills when we were at school, and uh, some of the drills were, were dribbling through chairs and, and dribbling up the court and down the court. And uh, they would make us do it right-handed, and that was like so easy. I was like, yeah, I could fly down the court. But then left-handed was a lot harder. So I knew when it came to practice and after practice and at home that I needed to start working on my left hand, working on my left hand, working on my left hand, doing layups, working on my left hand. I had to get it stronger. I had to get it used to working and, and functioning the right, the right way. And, you know, when it comes to the Christian life, young people, those people who make right decisions in life recognize what their weaknesses are and begin to get them stronger. Just like I was going to get my left hand stronger, right, just to play better and to do better on the basketball court, if you're going to do better in your Christian life, if you're going to actually reach what God wants you to reach, then you have to understand, what are my weaknesses in my Christian life? Where is it that I need to work on a little bit more? It, maybe it's in a better attitude. Maybe it's in serving more. Maybe it's in forgiving people or loving people. Maybe it's in reading my Bible or being more consistent with prayer. I don't know what it might be tonight that your weakness is, but let me just tell you that people that make right decisions recognize their own weaknesses. That's why the writer in Proverbs said, lean not on your own understanding. By the way, it is our tendency to lean on our understanding. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But I want you to understand tonight, people who make right decisions recognize their own weaknesses. And then there in your notes, people who make right decisions choose to trust God fully. You got to fully trust God. And this is so difficult sometimes. Because as we've already mentioned before, sometimes God asks you to do things that don't make a whole lot of sense. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense sometimes what God is asking you to do because it goes against what you think you should do. 
it goes against sometimes what you perceive is God's promise and God's way. For instance, God's promise to Abraham was, I'm going to give you, I'm going to make of you a great nation and of your children. But then a few chapters later, he's asking him to kill his only son. That doesn't make sense. But at that point in his life, Abraham had to trust God fully. And we find in Hebrews 11 that Abraham did that. He took up to Mount Moriah, took his only son Isaac, and almost took his life because he trusted God fully would do what God had promised to do. So people that make right decisions in life, we're talking about the first step in using the tools that we've already talked about, faith, wisdom, uh, a courageous spirit, a sober mind, a, a pure heart, getting these tools and using them right starts, first of all, with refusing to trust yourself. That means taking my decisions to those that are godly and getting their counsel. It means looking at my weaknesses in my own Christian life and saying, where do I need to get better? Where do I need more of God in my life? And then it means just trusting God fully to do what he says. Now, I want to talk a little bit tonight about the subtle power of self-deception. Because what stops us many times from refusing to trust ourselves is self-deception. It's saying, I am not right. Now, there's a very well-known picture in um, optical illusion and in, uh, in psychology. They use this picture a lot. I don't know how many of you have seen it. How many can see an uh, old lady in this picture? How many see the young lady in the picture? Awesome. How many see the old lady in the picture? It's a few. It's coming. It's coming. Just keep looking at it, and if you will... You'll find that this is the nose, and she's a little bit sad, and you see her mouth there on the bottom where the neck is, and suddenly you see a different perspective. Where some might see the young lady turning away and looking back, others see the sad lady with her eyes and her nose and the fur around her neck, and, and she's got a pretty big nose right here, you see? And there's her eyes and her hair and a little feather coming up. How many see the old lady now? How many, uh, all right, great. Most of us are seeing it. It's a pretty well-known picture in psychology, and they use that to see and try to measure, are you optimistic or, or pessimistic? And they kind of use it for different exercises to see how your mind works and what you see. But what I like about this, about this picture, is that when you look at it, if you were trying to convince somebody that did not see the old lady there and only saw the young lady, if you try to convince them, no, no, that's an old lady, they could argue till they're blue in the face. They'll say, no, no, you're lying. You're lying. Because they don't see that it's right there. They don't see it from that perspective. Now, let me tell you about the, 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 the power of self-deception in our life is that God says, I want you to look at life from this perspective. And we look at it and we go, no, no, God, you don't understand. No, God, that's not the way it is. No, 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 I know how it is. And then we talk to our parents. We go, no, mom, mom, dad, you don't understand. I know the way it is. Then you talk to the pastor and you go, no, no, pastor, you don't understand. You don't see it the way I see it. And the whole time you're missing what is there. 
you're missing what God wants you to see. And that's why you begin to trust yourself. Because in your mind, you know what you see, and nobody else sees it but you. And others might say, no, no, I see the young lady, but don't you see the old lady there? Oh, no, 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 there's no old lady there. You're just trying to trick me. You just don't know, you don't want what's best for me. You just want to confuse me. And all they want to do is help you to see life in a different perspective. That's the power of self-deception in our life. So how do we fight this? Number one, understand this. It's natural to lean to our own understanding. That's why the writer in Proverbs says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Because it's natural for us to lean on our own understanding. Can I say this? It is possible to deceive ourselves away from our destiny. It's possible to deceive our, ourselves away from it. It's easy to talk yourself out of what God wants you to do, in other words. It's easy to talk yourself out of the right person to marry that God would want you to marry. Young people, it happens every day. People get married that should never have gotten married. But what happened? Everybody could see, hey, that guy is not good for you. Hey, that young man, he's not going to make you happy. Oh, but pastor, I love him. We've been, so, been through so much together. I mean, we met in seventh grade, and now we're ninth graders, and we we're ready to get married. Calm down, freshman. <laughs> but honestly, they get to 19 and 20 years old, and this is the way we think. And we already know it, and, 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 and nobody can tell us anything else. And nobody can tell us any different. And suddenly we make that decision, and two years down the road, we're in a marriage that we, we hate. What happened? We deceived ourselves. That's the power of self-deception. It can actually literally take you away from God's will. It can literally take you away from the joy that God wants you to experience just because you say, well, I know better. I'm going to trust what I see. I'm going to trust what I feel. And by the way, this is something that's very big in our society, this of trusting emotion. But listen, we must reject emotion and follow God's word. We live in a society that, that puts so much into emotions. Let me give you a, a secret to the Christian life, young people, and it's, it's, it's relating to your emotions. As a Christian, let me tell you something. We, we move from truth to emotion, not from emotion to truth. You say, what do I mean by that? I mean this, listen. When you know the truth of God's word, and when you begin to grow in the truth of God's word, then that truth will begin to lead you to having the right emotions. The, the truth of what the word of God teaches and says will lead you to be moved in your heart and in your soul. You see, many Christians today and many people today, they want to go from emotion to truth. So they'll go to a church and they'll say, well, I just didn't feel a, a whole lot of atmosphere there. 
And you say, but how was the preaching? And what, what was the, how was the teaching? And, and, and what did they say about God's word? Well, I don't know. It's just when I walked, there was just there was no, no emotion there. And you see, they want to choose the church based on how that church makes them feel. Young people, if you ever move out of the valley and you've got to look for a church, don't look for a church that don't, don't have the criteria for your church to be. First of all, I want to see what the emotion is like. Look for a church that's going to preach the truth. You see, once you find a place that's going to preach the truth, your emotions will follow. God didn't give you and me emotions to be our guide in life. God gave us his truth to be our guide in life. Emotions just help us to express that truth. Emotions are there for the difficult times in life and the joyful times in life. But they're not to be our guide in life. And there's so many people, so many people today, you know, that's how they rule their life. They'll quit their jobs because they say, I just, I'm so tired of being there. I don't want to be there anymore. What are you going to do next? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm quitting today. I don't, I don't care. Then they quit, and then they can't find a job, and then they get behind on their bills. And you go, why did you quit the job? It's because I was just tired of being there. And based on an emotion and how they felt on that Monday morning because their boss gave them a, a bad look, or they got in a fight with their coworker. Suddenly, they're making all these decisions in life that take them in a wrong direction because they're getting being guided by their emotions and not by truth. You know, if they would have just stopped to think a little bit and go, you know, God said something about enemies. What did he say? When those people mistreat you, you ought to love them and forgive them. You know, maybe I should go to work today, and though I'm going to be mistreated, I'm just going to love those people there. Maybe if you do that, you're now being guided by truth, and later down the road when you're getting a promotion, now you're happy. And you're saying, man, I'm glad I stuck it out. Man, I'm glad I stayed here. Or maybe now you bring a coworker to church and they get saved. Maybe you get somebody from school who's been mistreating you, and now they're getting into the youth group, and now they get saved, and they're going forward. And, and it's all because of your testimony, because what you did for them. And now you're happy. And I say, yeah, isn't it awesome that you didn't quit on those people? That you just didn't give up on it? It is awesome. What happened? You went from truth to emotion. Don't go from emotion looking for truth. You'll never find it. You have to reject emotion and follow God's word. Now, this is very important there in your notes. Feelings will always follow obedience to God. Feelings will always follow obedience to God. You say, man, I, I don't find uh, the Christian life all that exciting. You know why? You're probably not obeying. You say, what's the secret to having a happy Christian life? Obedience. That's the secret. The more you obey God's word, the more you follow God's word, man, the happier you're going to love it. The, the, the more you're going to love the Christian life, the happier you're going to be. The happier your marriage is going to be. The happier your friendships are going to be. Your relationships in life are going to be. The happier your high school experience is going to be. The happier your middle school experience is going to be. The more that you obey God, that's when feelings will follow. Because feelings will always, these 
fun emotions always follow that pattern. Always. Now, lastly in your, night, in your notes tonight, putting your trust to the test. I'm going to give you a, quick, a couple quick thoughts, and then we're going to do a, a quick exercise. There in your notes, putting your trust to the test. Number one, write out tonight your future dreams and plans on a blank sheet of paper. But I'm just going to do it on the sheet of paper that you have. Right there on the bottom, I want you to do, I'm going to give you uh, maybe three minutes. Think about in three minutes, in the next three minutes, I just want you to write down just a few of your thoughts. Whatever comes first to your mind, answering these questions. Ready? Number one, just write down whatever comes to your mind. Number one, what college do you want to attend? Just write it down. Say, this is the college I want to attend. Number two, who do you want to marry? Or at least what kind of person do you want to marry? Just write it down. Really quick. For what thing, the first thing that comes to your mind. First thing that comes to your mind. Just write it down. Question number three. Where would you like to live and what would you dream of doing? Where do you want to live and what do you dream of doing? Just write it down really quick. Just whatever comes to your mind. First thing comes to your mind. Where do you want to live? What do you want to dream of doing? Number four, what kind of house would you like? A two-bedroom house, a three-bedroom house, four-bedroom house? I don't know. One with a big yard? One with a garden? What kind of house do you want? How about how many kids do you want to have after you get married? How many kids? Just write it down. First number that comes to your mind. Let me review those questions while you're writing. Number one, what college you want to attend? Number two, who do you want to marry? Or at least what kind of person? Number three, where would you like to live? And what do you dream of doing? Write it down real quick. Number four, what kind of house would you like? Number five, how many kids do you want? Just real quick. Just thinking about it. First thing that comes to your mind, write down what you think it is. Now, let me encourage you there in your notes. Dream big and be specific, right? So hopefully you're pretty specific on your, on your answers tonight, as specific as you can be. And hopefully you're being dreaming pretty big on what you want to do and what you want to accomplish. All right, so you've answered these five questions. You've written them down pretty quick. You're looking at it right now. I want you to look at it. I want you to think about it. Real quick, I want you to think about it. You've already written down what college you want to attend. You wanna, you, you've written down at least who you want to marry or at least what kind of person you want to marry. You've written down where you like to live and what you dream of doing. What, what, what is it that you, you want to be doing as your job? And what kind of house do you want? You, you kind of thought about that and you've written a little bit down there. You've written down how many kind of kids you might think of having as, as you're married. I want you to just take about 10 seconds and look at your answers. Look at it, look at it, think about it. Now, Here's what I want you to do now. 
Now that you've written that, now that you've thought about it, here's what I want you to do right now. I want you to put a, a big X on it. Just put a big X on it. And under it put, do not trust this. Do not trust this. Put that underneath. Just put an X on it and put, do not trust this. Now, let me tell you why we're doing this. Let me tell you why we're doing this. Listen up. You're not Xing it out because it's wrong. You're not Xing it out because it's right. What you wrote down doesn't necessarily mean that's out of God's will. And what you wrote down isn't necessarily in God's will. But let me just say, what you wrote down is your own understanding. It's how you see it. If I ask you what kind of house you want to live in, that's how you see it. Do you know what house you're going to be in 10 years from now? No. Do you know who that person that you're supposed to marry is going to be? No. It might be the person you're dating. It may not be. They might be in a whole different state like it was for me. If you would have asked me at your age, I would have put a whole different name now. I wouldn't even have thought of Rochelle because I didn't even know her. Now, here's my point tonight, young people, really quick. Here's my point. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on thy own understanding. Then it says, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. The plan that we have in front of us, that's our plan. Let me ask you tonight, are you willing to give that plan to God? If you're going to reach God's destiny in your life, you have to be willing to give that plan to God and say, God, any changes you want to make, you can make them. Now, something I would want you to do, there you know, just hang this somewhere. Put it somewhere. Put it in your Bible. Put it in your room somewhere. Put it somewhere that you can find it later on down the road. I don't know if you have like a drawer where you put things, memories, if you have where you put pictures or whatever. Put this in there. I want to encourage you to do that. And maybe in 10 years you can, you can pull it out and you can look at it and you can see just how much of what you wrote down and what you perceived was God's will and how much of it was not. I think you'd be amazed. People that have done this exercise have found later in life, they, they, they've come back and they say, man, I thought this was who I was going to marry. I'm so glad that didn't happen. Man, I, I thought I was going to go here and do this, and I'm glad it didn't happen. And there's been others that said, man, I thought this was going to happen, and God allowed it to happen. And this ended up being what God did want for my life. You see, it's all about giving Him control. Not living, trusting ourselves, but living trusting in him why because as we said when we started out this lesson only weird people wear their pants backwards and trusting your own plan it's like putting your pants on backwards it's like not ever seeing the old lady that's right in front of you it's trusting yourself instead of trusting god
Let me encourage you tonight. Make a decision tonight. Saying so this first step of making a right decision is going to start with me refusing to trust myself. I pray you'll make that decision.